Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live, everybody. I am Jim, joined as always by Tom. Tom, Lions getting the big national uh, national uh, exposure in week one. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, the schedule release from the NFL last night uh, has me really excited. You, you should know. Listeners should know. I, I've, I've been excited about the Lions regardless of this, but this just like sweetens the pot, right? Like to get the first game of the year, defending Super Bowl champions, standalone game. And then the rest of the season just really sets up well. Like, you know, Halloween's a big thing in our family. Um, we'll only have one trick-or-treater in the fall. Um, and we'll probably trick-or-treat on actual Halloween, which is Tuesday. But the night before, a home Monday night game against the Raiders. Uh, we were just chatting briefly before we hit record today about the the benefits of if you have to travel for work making um being intentional about your time right uh in the in the place you find yourself for work i'd love to find myself uh in detroit for work on october 30th um with a with a stayover to be able to go to that monday night game but um i won't speak that into existence this morning <laughs> there you go yeah I, the nfl schedule I, it always gets me amped up um, for the season. I'm excited for my Bears this season. Uh, you know, they start right away with with their biggest rival, the Packers. So um, so that'll be fun. And well, uh, and interesting that you can bring up the Packers. The Packers and the Lions have two games that are spotlight games, one on Amazon Prime, one on Thanksgiving. It's so surprising that that's a spot that the Packers are getting with just the kind of the emphasis around the, the, the venue um, they're not the venue, the platform that's hosting both of those games. Um, you know, one one would make sense. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day, I'd have zero. Thanksgiving makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, but to have that that Amazon Prime uh, game on the Thursday early in the season, I think it's Week Four. Um, it just is interesting to me. It, it clearly, clearly, they they think there's going to be some storyline with the Packers one way or the other, right? And, you know, does Jordan Love, you know, it. Do we find out quickly who Jordan Love is and that he is the next, you know, uh, incarn- in- incarnation of the of the lineage of Green Bay quarterbacks who who come in and then eventually become all pros? Or is this is this completely uh, upside down world for the Green Bay Packers? And we spent way much more time as both Bears and Lions fans talking about the Packers than I care to this morning. So we're going to cut that right there. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and even the Bears game that week one um, is in the three o'clock time slot, which I thought was interesting, um, given exactly what you just said. So, yeah, it's exciting. Love both of us love football. And uh, this is just another step towards the fall getting here and uh, and every Sunday becoming really important uh, again uh, in the sports world. And I like how you said the three o'clock time slot, which was really foreign to me. But then I remember that you're an oh. hour behind me, so really, it's it's the four o'clock Eastern time slot. But yes, yeah, football's on at twelve and three in my world. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, so, well, anyways, this isn't a football podcast, although as usual, we squirrel many different ways. And actually, only a three and a half minute squirrel is is pretty pretty tame for us. Um, but uh, we, we weren't with you last week. Uh, we made our backlash picks two weeks ago and uh, because they had already announced seven matches. And those ended up being the only seven matches on backlash, which was uh, kind of nice that, that that worked out for us in our favor um, since we knew we wouldn't be able to record last week. So um, so head to head uh, backlash, we both did well, six and one. Uh, you did change your pick, which we left that uh, caveat open uh, in the U.S. title match. You had originally picked Bronson Reed. Uh, which in the end wouldn't have made any sense with Reed going to Raw and Lashley and Theory both going to SmackDown and Gunther going to Raw, so the IC title moving to Raw, the U.S. title moving to SmackDown. Um, so you did change to Austin Theory, which, you know, like I said, we left that caveat that dra- the draft was going to probably mess something up, and that was the one it it kind of messed up for us. So you had made that change, uh, and uh, I was disappointed you made it, but it made sense. Um <laughs> Because my first thought was, oh, if he doesn't change that, I think I, I think that's a pretty well, or, or we were both going to be wrong and Lashley won, you know, yep. which yeah. first fantasy wrestling league mention would have made me happy there. So, um, but theory keeping it made sense, but, uh, and I was going to pull up those results. Actually, I do have them here. Um, so yeah, Tom, did you see backlash? 
I did. I watched it on um, the Sunday that followed. Okay. Um, yep. Well, oh yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I just I, we talked about this before we hit record too. I came back from a out of town trip last week. Came back with a little bit of a cold. Um, Saturday kind of was struggling through the day. Really hit me hard on Sunday. So Sunday I was, you know, really laid up, uh, just resting, and it gave me the chance to really just be intentional about um, watching Backlash. So. Yeah, and I had seen, I ended up seeing most of it Saturday night and then finished it up on Sunday. Um, so, did just the quick results if there's anything we want to touch on. Uh, the Raw Women's Title Match, Belair, Bianca Belair defended uh, successfully against EO Sky, Seth Rollins over Omos. Uh, the US title uh, three way, Austin Theory, as we mentioned, defended against uh, Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley successfully. The SmackDown Women's Title, Rhea Ripley over Zelina Vega. The San Juan Street Fight, Bad Bunny over Damian Priest. Uh, the six-man tag, which was the one match we each missed, uh, the Usos and Solo, the Bloodline over Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle, and then Cody Rhodes over Brock Lesnar uh, in the main event of the show. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really strong show, a really strong premium live event. I still want to call it a pay-per-view. Um, but I, I enjoyed every... There wasn't anything on it that I thought was bad. Even Rollins Omos was, you know fine um i won't say it was great or anything but it was omos it, it might have been omos's best match ever which i realized there's a low bar to cross for that but um but i mean i thought that was good too um yeah i thought it was all good and i thought it was a coming out party uh for eo sky would be kind of my big takeaway from backlash i don't know how about how what do you feel about show tom yeah, no, I do agree with you. It was an incredibly strong in, in-ring show. The flow was great. Uh, I laughed. Uh, I know you made a comment about how you and I each had the same level of Peacock. So when they were going to match uh, kind of like summaries, like the little video packages beforehand, would you and I both get commercial breaks? So we don't get a chance to see that. And you had a really great comment about, you know, they went to the, the one-minute preview uh, of why we were getting Omos and Seth Rollins, and you were like, you made a great comment offline, uh, offline of this podcast, I should say, uh, that you know you were. You, we now go to Triple H throwing a dart at a dartboard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, my only critique I think about Backlash maybe was the order of the final three matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I I I don't know if Brock getting busted open in the way he did was intentional. Clearly, clearly I think that spot was planned because they removed they, the turnbuckle. Yeah. They intended blood. I'm just not sure it was that. Yeah. Much of a <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, so, so if all of that was, was and is how it was, you know, meant to, to play out it, the factor of, of, of that, of that finish was, I don't want to call it anticlimactic because I really like the story aspect of it. Um, and, and and it speaks to Cody kind of, you know, outsmarting Brock, which really this is what needed to happen. I think that that could have happened in the, in the Bad Bunny Damian Priest spot and give Bad Bunny Damian Priest the main event. Not that... Not that it deserves to be the main event, but if you have Bad Bunny as the host, if you're in Puerto Rico... If you have all of the other Gaga that they had with uh, Carlito and Savio Vega, which was great. Yeah, that that to me just would have really justified it. And you would have went off the air with a little bit more of an upbeat uh, finish than you did with Cody and Brock. Because it was really weird. Like Cody like ran. To, to the back almost, and it was like there was no celebration, and 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 for all of the he knew angst, he was get his well, well like, right, and, and for all of, for all of the angst and and, and anger and, and 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 desire to to one up Brock, to not have him like really like spend a moment like basking in that for just you know, um, and and and, and again, maybe maybe what we got led to what we got on Monday, which was pretty intense and pretty crazy with Brock coming out and attacking him. Um, and laying them out. And now I'm really interested for Night of Champions and their fight. Like, what will their fight be um, different? How will they make that different from what we got um, at Backlash? Um, and then, and I also felt because of the, the the energy, which the crowd was fantastic all night long, but because of the energy in the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest match, 
I felt like the sixth man was just a tad flat. I loved the storyline between, I think it was Jimmy Uso. Maybe it was Jay. I, I, you know me, I always mess the, the Usos up. Um, and Solo, because there was a lot of, there was that one point where, where he chopped him to get tagged in and like the, the red on Solo's chest for a, for a man of, of a darker complexion and the look of like, brother, what are you like? I'm going to rip your head off. That was great to me. Uh, and again, once, once again, we've mentioned it here multiple times to the bloodline storyline, just continuing to have um, layers and depth that few stories do. Uh, this was a great example of that now. And, and tonight, as we enter Friday with SmackDown coming up, I think Roman Reigns is back and it's the first time in, a, in quite a while. So having him have... Night after Mania, maybe? I, mean, I think so, yeah. So like him having his voice and and being able to like engage and, and respond to all of the things that have gone on. And there's been quite a bit going on behind the scenes. So... Um, so yeah, so that's that's the only kind of additional commentary that I'll make. Yeah, the, the it started off to your point with that really hot women's title match with Bianca and Io, and that was just just great. And and I one hundred percent agree with you and share the same thought of the the match order situation, and and the fact that that was a little bit of a weird ending for a pay per view main event um, with Cody with the kind of you know. Uh, leverage roll-up kind of thing or, or whatever you want to um you know i i like when matches end sometimes like that where it's not oh, okay four finishers and then we go to the you know and then we get the pin where it is kind of an out of nowhere you know a, a smart wrestler caught another wrestler um you know i i like that it's just weird to end a pay-per-view like that um and i agree with you you know that that crowd was just awesome they were awesome Friday night for SmackDown. They were awesome Saturday night for Backlash, um, and and Priest and Bunny just would have made more sense in the in the final match um, to have that crowd still just roaring at the end instead of kind of like wow that was cool what happened um, you know <clears throat> and I will say it was a little unfortunate I don't know if you've seen any of Raw from Monday night um, but after two nights Friday night and Saturday night of just one of the better crowds in a long time. Uh, boy, it made Monday night's crowd seem like they sucked. Um, uh, no, hundred percent. I'm with you there. Um, I saw someone comment in a different, probably somewhere on Twitter, just like these, these, uh, pay-per-view premium lime event shows that are really like outside the norm. So like, think back to clash of the castle, think to this one, when you can get in front of a crowd that probably hasn't had their appetite for wrestling, um met in a long time they 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 elevate the level of the show so then oh, you go to jacksonville who gets you know probably six shows a year whoop de darn do even though they should have probably been more excited because they had what i would argue as being a really newsworthy show um mm -hmm. and, and events yeah it felt really flat in comparison i i, I did i liked and i didn't like I, having cody open in jacksonville on monday night made sense and, you know, and it didn't even dawn on me until he said, Jacksonville, what do you want to talk about? Um, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, um, and I love that he gave the nod to the fact that Jacksonville is where he had spent the pandemic and, you know, did some things. And, um, of course, never mentions AEW by name, but. Double A got mentioned. His coach, his former oh, coach, Double that's A. True. That's true. Um, but it was weird. The order of things then on Raw, like. You have Cody come out and go, let the tournament begin. And he's in a match in the tournament and he's dressed, ready to go. And then he leaves. <laughs> like, see you later. Um, that was just weird. Like have him in his suit then when he does that. And then later on, he's going to be in the match. I liked the little glare between he and Rollins. I thought that was very cool. Um, and I, maybe that's why they had Cody open it to get to that point. But I don't know. There was a different way you could have done that. Um it, it was just weird for Cody to come out and be like, the world title tournament is starting. Yay. I'm going to leave now. Um, like, and he's in it. Um, yeah. Well, and with, is a and segue. To that glare with that history between them, like to have them go um, to create that potential tension of people going, Ooh, this might be what we get tonight. And right. then to have them steal that, them, they Brock uh, like puts more heat on Brock in case people were 
were wanting to cheer Brock. Because I'm sure there is a segment of the audience that does. But sure. if you really were like, oh, Brock not only screws Cody, so I don't like him for that, he also took the chance of Cody versus Seth. So, so that's interesting. One more comment on Backlash, and I don't know if you noticed yes. this, but I just wanted to call it out because I was hyper aware of it, which is super funny to me because normally these are things that, you know, you, you don't really like intentionally like see because it's been so commonplace. When Brock got busted open, that referee took a long time to get the black gloves out. And I was really concerned and confused as to why. Just because I'm conditioned that whenever we see blood for any reason, usually in a match, immediately the ref's in the pocket guy has the black you know medical gloves on it was a number of minutes in in the main event and i did and i don't get why and and like the commentators never tell us yep there's blood so you know the the referee's taking the necessary steps to to be you know to be safe um if they did and then they explain why not here it would make more sense but that's just not a thing but it's it's a visual observation I saw somebody online make a comment that if it's a planned spot, they don't go for the gloves. And if it's an unintentional spot, they do, which makes zero sense to me because it's still blood. Yeah, blood um, is blood. <laughs> like, like I, I have to take a bloodborne pathogens class every year for my job, um, both at this job and my previous job. So I, I, I've studied up on it and it, they do not say, if someone intentionally cuts themselves, no need for gloves. Um, that's that's not a rule. Um, so when I read it, I was like, I'm fairly sure the person who said that has no idea what they're talking about, you know. But um, but I thought it was an interesting observation in it, at least. Like, well, okay. I mean, if it was planned, sure. But yeah, no, it was a little weird. Um, so backlash was fun, um, yeah. which led us into. The WWE World Heavyweight Title uh, Tournament on Raw and now SmackDown tonight. Um, Let's start there. Why? Okay. Yep. So we were really clear coming out of the out of the draft. The minute that Roman Reigns Triple was, H said it on the mic. I know. The minute Roman Reigns gets drafted, this is Raw's title. And then you come out last week, and then you go, "It's going to be half on Raw and half on SmackDown." And then for the that second part of the statement, you're like. Huh? And the only thing that would have made a little bit of sense to me. So they said, I read somewhere that the reason they're doing that is because they're trying much like AEW did this week with their show. They're trying to stack this week because of the NBA playoffs and ratings. And, you know, they know they're going to take a hit. Okay. I, I get that, but still make it 12 raw guys and just say, and as a special feature, we're going to have, you know, a couple of these matches on SmackDown featuring raw brand talent. Yeah. Even though the draft has taken effect. Right. You know, we're going to spread it out and SmackDown's going to get to host some of these matches as a neutral site or whatever. Like there's a way you could do that um, and still have some of the matches on SmackDown. And I realized that to get the biggest name talent, you probably have to use some SmackDown because you've split your biggest name talent. But I would bet, and I haven't, I, I should, I wanted to pull the rosters and say, if we didn't have SmackDown talent, and we wanted to do 12 men, which is a dumb number to do in a tournament. And the way they're doing it is stupid, but we'll do that. In a, we'll talk about that in a second. Yes, we will. Um, <laughs> um, there, there were other people that could have been, been in it. I mean, there just were. Or take the six raw guys you have, add two. You don't have to do 12 then. You could do eight. Eight works in a tournament, right? It's four matches. It's two matches. It's one. It's pretty simple. Um, you, you could easily find two other guys, um, on raw. I wouldn't even have to probably work that hard. Uh, Gunther would have been a good one, although maybe you don't want Gunther taking a loss and he was on his honeymoon last week. So timing wise, maybe doesn't work for him either. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn right there. Any one of those three guys, you know, any combination of them. Um, so yeah, you could have done that having SmackDown guys. So Basically, what you've said is, congratulations, Seth Rollins, you've won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship by making it to that match. Or are they going to just be crafty to be crafty, and whoever wins the SmackDown spot, um, you know, gets to the finals from the SmackDown side of the bracket, wins the title and now moves to Raw or something. Like, in which case, you should just put them on Raw anyways, and you're you're, you're just making things complicated and make them complicated. 
and, and, and it's unnecessary because you ain't kidding. Yeah, just like give us something to really care about and root for, but like don't convolute it. And that's what's happened here in, in a number of ways. Number one, we're really beating it up, but it deserves it. Having the inclusion of SmackDown, even though the way you laid it out, it makes a lot of logical sense to say, yep, let's fill this tournament with top name talent. A good example. I think one of the matches tonight, um, let, let me pause there. We'll come back to that. Let's first talk about the Raw side. I, I have um, the matches pulled up for tonight because I figured we would. Sure. So let, let's first talk about the Raw side. So, so I guess let's start with the tournament. 12 men. Which again, weird number for a tournament. Um, and the, and and however, like I'm thinking old school NFL playoffs before the playoffs expanded a few years ago. Six teams qualify, you know, four division winners and two wild cards. Okay, cool. So here's what you do. Before they announced the format, I was like, all right, they're gonna two guys are getting buys, and they're gonna have two first round matches. Those will go on, and we'll have a six match tournament. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Oh, five. Sorry, five match, five match tournament to determine. Um, that clearly didn't happen because we had two three ways. Again, that's goofy as heck because then two of the six don't take the pinfall and get screwed by just by circumstance. So there's that. The other idea that I really have a hard time with, and I'll and I'll, and I'll throw it to you. I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I apologize. You're good. Um, what? What? Why so? What? Why the urgency to get through this tournament so quickly? Meta Champions is not happening until three weeks from tomorrow, or two weeks from tomorrow, okay? Two weeks from tomorrow, this is happening. Yep. You have multiple TV events that can get us there without having Seth Rollins being in the spot he's in. I think we've already said that. So I know you're going to run down the matches from Monday, which will tell us how Seth Rollins got there, but... I, I don't know. I, you and I are both tournament marks, so maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm falling back into my like love for tournaments and wishing that they had given us more than they did. Yeah, I, it, it's just bizarre to me. Like, yeah, the 12, 12 band thing, and then yeah, the three three ways. And I agree with you. Rushing through this thing, you, you've got raw next week. You got two more raws. Um, two more, and, and let's not even talk about SmackDowns because you don't need to do any of this on SmackDown. It's a Raw title. Um, let SmackDown do SmackDown things. Roman's on SmackDown tonight. He's the champ there. Let that be a thing. Don't focus on the Raw title on SmackDown. It's just, if, especially if, if we had eight, yeah, if, if we had eight men, you do four first round matches this past Monday. You do the semifinals yep. this Monday, and you do the final in the days leading up, like the Monday prior to Night of Champions. You have well, you wouldn't have the final then. You have the final. Oh, you'd have you, 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 maybe you have the contract signing with the belt in the middle, yep. and both guys having tension, whatever it is. Right, right. There's, there's easy, easy ways you could do that. Um, so uh, on Monday. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Damian Priest, um, which I like Shinsuke and Damian being in the in the tournament. Neither of them are probably going to win the title. We knew, but um, and, and that was really good. I did see that match. Um, that was very good. I have not yet seen uh, the other tournament match, which is Finn Balor uh, over the Miz and Cody. And I I don't know if I'll get to it or not. Raw is kind of one of those shows that someday, someday, um, it's a long show. Um, and then Seth beats Finn in the. Uh, and and Finn wins that match because of Brock's interference. Like Cody had it won, and then Brock interferes and, and Finn gets the win, which I'm okay with. Again, in that one, you knew the Miz wasn't winning. I mean, I don't know. The Miz doesn't win much of anything. So putting him in this, other than the fact that he's a former world champion, didn't make a ton of sense either. Um, just looking at the wrestlers who were on Raw on Monday, um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, those either of those would have made sense. Um even Dominic could have made some sense. He's been winning a fair amount of matches lately, to be honest. Um, although I think Dominic, I, the heat Dominic gets right now is just crazy. Like he's, he's yeah, kudos to the guy. He's getting crazy amounts of heat. I think he at least will be in money in the bank because I think the heat of just him going up the ladder and the crowd hating at the thought of him being anywhere near that briefcase, I think will be, would be really fun. Um, I don't think he wins it. Probably, I think Cody probably wins it. But uh, that's a story for another prediction show. Um, 
So real, 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 yeah, real, just real quick on Nakamura. So super interesting because he was on SmackDown. He got drafted to Raw. There was a big spot on the Friday before Backlash where it was a, a built match between Kerry and Cross and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm really confused because Shinsuke Nakamura got the win. You know, I go back to like, you know, 40 years ago. If a guy is leaving the territory, he puts over talent on the way out, right? Uh, this is not where carrying crosses. And he's staying on SmackDown, right? So, like, why in the world? And they've been building like these things where Cross is saying as he's fighting these opponents, I'm taking this from Drew McIntyre. I've taken I this. I thought from- that was super interesting, actually, when he did that. I was like, oh, here's a twist. I like, and I like carrying cross somewhat, but I thought that was really interesting. I had a little bit of the Sean O'Hare, um, like, but I'm not telling you anything you didn't know character. Yeah. Uh, well, here's so here's a chance to to have Shinsuke lose and still be in this tournament, and do may, leave SmackDown with Karrion Cross in a better position than he is. Again, I don't think that WWE writers, Bruce Pritchard, probably particularly, think that people care enough about wins and losses. But Bruce Pritchard, I know you're not listening to Two Spot Monkeys. Most likely, you should. Um, but we do, we do care. Jim and I are not the only segment of the population that care about wins and losses. There's a lot of people who do. Um, all that being all that being said, Shinsuke having that victory and then Rollins beating him does to me mean more. But then I'm not happy that on his first night on Raw, he takes the loss. Granted, I don't think Damian Priest should have taken the loss there either. Um, but that is how you crafted the tournament. Like you could have adjusted who was in to me. And again, if you do it as singles matches, you could still have them take the loss, but have them like right there, like. Like, we'll talk about Dynamite here in a little bit. I don't think Daniel Garcia was hurt at all by his loss to Orange Cassidy on Wednesday night. You can do a match where somebody takes a loss and it doesn't hurt him at all. Um, and, and it's a little easier to do that in a singles than a three-way, I think. Um, speaking of wins and losses not meaning anything, I mean, Natalia apparently is the next challenger for what I assume is now the Raw women's title. And Sean Ross Sapp, in one of the podcasts I was listening to this week, pointed out in the last two years, I think it is, She's won one match on Raw or SmackDown. And here she is. And I like Natalia. Natalia's good. And she's a, like could be a credible challenger, but I don't know. Give her a couple of wins. Like maybe she could have beat Dana Brooke instead of Rhea this week. And then she could have beat somebody else. Um, you know, give her two or three wins and then have her say, you know, I want a title shot. It at least gives you a reason. Um, not just, well, I need a challenger and here comes Natalia. And I'm sorry. Um much like the match with Zelina, which I thought was really good. And I thought that especially the response for Zelina there in Puerto Rico was, was amazing. Um, but nobody thought Zelina was winning that match. Nobody thinks Natalia is winning this match. Like Rhea is still waiting for an actual challenger that anybody's like, well, they could like, you know, they might switch it. Nobody give me a break. Um, tonight's matches just to uh, get their AJ styles edge and Ray Mysterio. And, and that actually could be really fun. Um, and there's a lot of history you can play off there um, with all of those guys. And then Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Sheamus. I don't know who Austin Theory made mad, but he was in a three-way with Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley, and now he's in a three-way with Bobby Lashley and Sheamus. He's getting a tar beat out of him right now um, as U.S. champ. But uh, if I had to predict... I would say tonight it goes comes down to edge and maybe theory and then maybe edge and Rollins at night of champions. I'm trying to think what makes the most sense. Yeah. I was going to go AJ Lashley and AJ coming out. Okay. So yeah. And again, these aren't head to head picks by any means. These are no, just kind of. And my, my thinking there. So, so to your point before I make, before I articulate why I think I have an idea um edge and rollins did have that big match if i'm not mistaken in saudi a few years ago so this would this would i think bring them back to you know to that um and and edge and, being and, and that was me kind of figuring that edge is going to be in saudi because he wants that saudi payday yeah so yep that's fair i i i am going aj because i i think him being re-injected into the scene being healthy again having been on the shelf for a while he deserves. Um, he's, he, it, it, the spot is warranted for for a, t- a man of his talent, uh, and I think I, 
have we ever had a Seth Rollins AJ Styles match? I'm sure we have, but again, our research team, they really don't they get paid breadcrumbs, so I don't blame them for not um having we, that. we do decide to give them breadcrumbs now. Okay, that was <laughs> um I, I, the, the crackpot team of me uh, is quickly pulling that information up. Yes, it does appear. Um, June of 2022 was Seth and AJ's last one-on-one match on Raw, and it was on Raw. Um, Pay-per-view-wise. So that was like a less than a year ago, and I can't remember, which is yeah. really sad. Last pay-per-view match between the two or, or premium live event, whatever, was Money in the Bank 19, uh, the universal title Rollins defended against AJ. Okay. That would have been the match, like, without knowing that that was the match. That would have been, like, you know, kind of a major spot, right? Right. So, like, Everything that... else they've had was on Raw. Yeah. And it's only been one, two, three, four, like, five singles matches. Um, the, re- the real crazy thing for me tonight, at least, it, when you compare these matches to what happened on Raw, so... On, on Raw, you had, you know, Rollins, Nakamura, Priest, so babyface, babyface, heel. And then you had Finn, Miz, Cody, heel, heel, babyface. Tonight, you've got AJ, Edge, Ray. I think all three are babyfaces. Yeah, AJ seems maybe in the middle a little bit with the way they've presented the OC, but but they beat the Viking Raiders, so that seems to make them babyfaces. Yeah, and, 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 Ray, and, and Ray's taking the pinfall. Or whatever. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no way he's not. Unfortunately, Ray is just being used as like, you know, the guy who, who, who yeah, who, 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 who puts people over. Um, the other match is one that I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in, right? Because like, I feel like Lashley and Theory has more legs, which maybe means Sheamus gets to win because someone does someone to the other to build a, a future U.S. title match. Um, I don't know who takes the pinfall there. Unless, unless it's theory or Lashley to give them more, more uh, to further their issue. Yeah, no, they and they they'll, they'll be good matches tonight, and the tournament will be good. You know, they were good matches on Monday night. I've heard the Seth Finn match was really, really good. It was. Uh, it was. Now going back to Raw, just real quick. Drew McIntyre's on Raw. Uh, he's, he's hurt though. Yes. There, there was some injury, and it still sounds like there's some turmoil there uh, between the. He and WWE, and, and his contract is up next April. So you're like, well, figure it out for a little while here, folks. We, we're only in May. Um, I mean, you got 11 months on your contract. Go to work. Right. Show up. Um, and, and But it did sound like the, there was some some nagging things that he'd worked. He wanted to get through Mania to work that that three-way. Um, so it does sound like there's some injury stuff. Uh, but he he he's absolutely, if he was healthy enough, would have been a name that, that should have been in this tournament. So yeah. I... I got to think the injury isn't quite healed enough because um, we haven't, other than him getting drafted, we haven't heard boo from him in a while. So, well, we'll see who the new WWE world heavyweight champion is. I, you know, if I had to put any sort of money on it, that um, means anything to me in my life, I would be putting it all on Seth Rollins right now. Cause absolutely. I mean, I just think the SmackDown is for who gets to go. It's kind of like, you know, there are some years where in to go back to our football conversation earlier, where it seems like one conference is far stronger than the other. Like right now, I would say the AFC is is stronger. You know, you have three or four teams there that you're like, it's almost like the NFC is playing to find out who gets to go lose to the Chiefs, Bengals, or Bills in the Super Bowl. Um, although the Eagles and Niners. but And maybe the Lions. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I am picking the Lions to win that division this year when we get to our uh, football picks in the fall, just so you know. Barring injuries or, you know, weird things. Anyways, Tom, you were in Detroit on Wednesday night and got to see, from what I understand, from what I've heard, and I've seen about first hour 15, uh, one hell of a good dynamite. Um, your second AEW experience live, I believe. You, yeah. you had blood and guts a year ago or so. Um, and then, uh, so apparently cages in Detroit is a thing. Um, they're coming to Detroit, they're putting a cage up. Um so I, I'm just curious, how was the, I, I know you and I were, were messaging a little bit on Wednesday evening, um, no Ring of Honor taping because they had just taped uh, a number of shows over the weekend uh, at Universal Studios, uh, no Dark or Dark Elevation, those have now gone away because 
apparently in, in part of what will be announced next week, we'll talk about that in a little bit um, with, with the Warner brothers extension or new deal or whatever you want to call it, whatever it's being looked at as uh, Warner, they'll be exclusive to Warner brothers. So those YouTube shows went away, which is probably good because it seems they're adding another two hour show. That's going to matter. Um, so, so I know you had a couple of dark matches that may just never see the light day. They might actually be dark matches. Um, and then, uh, and then Dynamite and Rampage. How was the experience? Yeah, so completely different experience from when I went to Dynamite a year ago to now. And and it, it makes sense, again, with a lot of those things that you named and some of the evolution. And I would imagine, too, AEW is, um, dare I say, progressive. But they're progressive in developing as a promotion still, right? So, um, and again, I, I'll say this, too. Like, I had... I had kind of a framework for what I was anticipating maybe on Wednesday. And the first time I went, I had no framework. It was my first time at AEW. So sure. just, you know, I'd been to live wrestling. I've been to TV wrestling before, but it's a different company. So it, all of those things, you know, they don't, it's not a, it's not a pattern that everybody follows. So yeah. So I was, I was in the, in the venue quite early on, on Wednesday and things didn't even really get going until, until just after seven Eastern. Um, and there, there were two dark matches, as you mentioned. We got uh, uh, Willow and Sky Blue uh, over Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Uh, so that kicked us off. And then you had uh, QT Marshall and Aaron Solo with uh, their valet, who I know you know the name, but I'm forgetting it. And then Paul yeah, I see right now. Yep. Uh, they came out, and of course, QT runs down you know the city of Detroit. Um, Preston Vance then comes out because he's from Detroit, uh, even though he is a heel um, in LFI. And he's like, yeah, I'll defend Detroit. And people are like, yes, all right. So, like, it's kind of a cool, like, local hometown pop. And he's like, I don't have anybody else to be my teammate from Detroit, but I have somebody from Canada, and he lives in Detroit. And then we get Ethan Page, because Ethan Page is Canadian, but he's moved to Detroit, I think, to be more uh, accessible to, to flying to all of the spots. Uh, and uh, and so it's Ethan Page and Preston Vance, uh, an odd couple, as we joked when we were messaging. You're like, I didn't realize Battle Bowl was taking place yeah. uh, tonight in, in Detroit um, against QT Marshall and Marshall Marshall, whatever. Uh, against Aaron and Aaron Solo and Hobbs hit a brutal double clothesline on Page and Vance before the bell rang, so that really gave the heels kind of the spot and let everybody work from behind on the babyface side. It was fine, you know. The whole idea was to get the city excited and people ready for the 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 the, the live TV um, event that was going to happen. So it was all good. It was fine. Um, Again, yeah, such and, and the weird part about it though, only only because we got like video packages later on with Ethan Page and he wasn't, you know, set up in a babyface role, but he, he was set up as a babyface role in this dark match. Um, but yeah, so then we go live right on the air. And um, the cool thing was they had done the intros for uh for both of the of the competitors in the opening match before uh dynamite started. And um, it just it, a, a great night of wrestling straight away. Um, when I when I say that the six man tag was the least enjoyable match, but it was still high quality, like that really kind of tells you like what what a great night of wrestling it was and how fast it moved. I will say the commercial breaks really felt long to me um, when I knew that they were in commercial. Um, if there was ever, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. I will be watching it on, on demand later today because it's always different with commentary. And I really want to hear the commentary around the opener and the international title and the main event for sure. Um, the, the lighting for the new House of Black Rules matches was super interesting. That was that was a really denotable. And that's, um, the, that's the spot I'm at. They're just about, uh, they, they just did the backstage segment. Did you see the backstage segment with... Uh... With best friends and Bandito, where they picked their rule. Yes, yep, yeah, and they said, and they said, no, we, we're, our, our, our rule for the match is no witches at ringside or something yeah, along which, those lines. Which um, I hope they don't treat the rule like that. You get to pick a rule. That's an interesting twist. I hope they don't treat it like a joke every time. With best friends, it made sense because that's kind of their shtick. But um, and Bandito and best friend with best friends is a little weird to me still. Um, like 
I want him to mean more. And I don't, outside of Orange, I don't feel like that group means a ton. So, anyways, that's a different AEW thing. Yeah. Um, so that that's the match I'm at is that's the next one for me to see as in watching, but I know what happens, but yeah, yeah. Well, so I'll start with kind of the the, the three kind of the, the three tent poles of the night. So the opener was fantastic. Absolutely. Just absolutely incredible. Um, in a match I've been wanting to see for the longest of times. So super grateful for that. Um, I kind of thought Ray Phoenix was going to win because Ray Phoenix challenging Claudio down the line to me has more legs, uh, more so than Claudio and a Blackpool Combat Club versus Phoenix and Pentagon. But that also is going to be a good match as well. And now the time we that we've been waiting for 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 weeks. No, I'm just kidding. But again, w- Ring of Honor is a standalone show. Why are we getting a Ring of Honor Double Jeopardy match in the first match on Dynamite? And Ring of Honor, I think maybe we talked about this recently. I, I feel like in I, I don't have Honor Club. I have seen some of it through other means. Nothing they're doing on Ring of Honor television makes me want to spend $10 to watch Ring of Honor television. I already don't have the two hours anyways. That would be hard for me to find. But if they were doing things on Ring of Honor television that made me go, God, I want to see that. You know, then I, then I might try and figure out how to find the two hours. I have no idea where I'd find it. But, you know, but they're doing nothing on there. Like, it's basically dark and dark elevation as far as I'm concerned. And for the most part. And the irony for me here is this match alone, again, yep. I don't I don't want to discredit what will translate on, on the screen versus what I read about spoilers from last weekend. This match alone, however, got me more excited and, and it was more important and impactful than anything I read from what happened to the tapings. Yep. Even, even a fight without honor that I didn't care about when I read. Right, right. So, so, so therein lies is a that is a that is a problem. That is a yes. that is a a, a a continuity content promotional problem. That you know, again, this can be a great standalone brand, and maybe because of, and we'll get to it, the expansion of AEW programming and the Warner Brothers, you know, footprint of having greater content. Maybe that's where all of the eggs are in the basket for Tony Khan right now, and that's fine. But then, like, you can't bastardize Ring of Honor, for lack of a better term. I wish Tony Khan, one of Tony Khan's presumed, in my mind, flaws, I don't know the man, um, is that he wants to do it all himself. He has people on that roster and on his staff. QT Marshall, Jeff Jarrett, Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy the recently hired Will Washington from Fightful, who, you know, is a really smart guy. I really enjoyed him on Fightful podcast. He just got ar- uh, arrested. Wow. He got hired, not arrested. Will Washington did not get arrested. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. Um, he got hired as the director of wrestling administration, I think was the title. And and what I've read is part of what he's supposed to be doing is helping with continuity in storylines. And I'm like, ah, that's good because there have been times where that hasn't, happened in AEW. So having somebody and again, now Tony Khan has to listen um, and so, you know, that's always the piece. Uh, the booker has to listen to the person that they're asking to help them with that. Um, but let let Jeff Jarrett have a chance at Book and Ring of Honor. Let Chris Jericho, let, I don't know, have somebody else just book it. You, you, you're the final stamp, fine, whatever, that's cool. But let them take care of the storylines and that. Like, you have people who can do that for you. And then he can focus on Dynamite and on Collision, which appears to be the new show coming up on Saturdays, and, and Rampage, which I've read is going to become more of the Sunday Night Heat. So Rampage is going to become more of the not as important. Although, let's be honest, Rampage, other than CM Punk debuting, has never been anywhere near Dynamite's level. Well, and I'll speak to, to the Rampage taping um, now because I, there's not much more to say to it. It was fine. It makes a night really, really long. I, I understand why they tape it after Dynamite to not maybe give anything away that you would maybe have Dynamite lead into. That being said, they could have easily taped Rampage or one or two matches on Rampage before 
dynamite, not burned the crowd out and got us out of there a little bit earlier. We did not leave the venue. I did not leave the venue until quarter after 11. And not, again, I, yes, am I able to stay up late? Absolutely. Was it a long, was it a long night for me after, after a, a busy day? Yes. Right. So just being mindful of, of that. And I, and I didn't have to travel far. I had to leave and go 15 minutes from the venue to get back to where I was staying. Not everybody has that luxury. So um, I was going to say, had you gone over there on a regular week where you didn't have work it, having you in Detroit, you'd have had, what is it? A two hour drive? Two, 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 two and a half. Yeah. Two and, two and a half. half. Yeah. And, 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 and our, our friend Glenn, um, yeah. who listens to this podcast on occasion. Glenn, if you're listening now, thanks. Great to see you on Wednesday, bud. Um, he left in the middle of Rampage because there was nothing on Rampage that like was like, I have to stay to see this. Again, right. it was fine, but it didn't. It, that, so I'll stop there because we're talking about Dynamite. But the, if that was not a ringing endorsement to tune in Saturday night to watch Rampage, I don't know <laughs> what, what, what else is. Um right. The international title match was fantastic. And I had an inkling before Wednesday that I thought this was the spot for Daniel Garcia to win the title for Orange Cassidy to have his really great, successful reign finally come to an end, especially because they've been really emphasizing his hand injury. This was great. Like the final stretch of this match, I really can't wait to watch it on TV because I loved it live. And I was really, really thinking down the stretch, these false finishes when when the the end eventually happens either way it's going to be great and i felt it was i don't know how it came across live um i'd love to hear how you perceived it again i'll have my opinion when i get a chance to watch later today yeah no i i've seen you know like i said up to the the three-way or the six man excuse me um i can't talk today all of a sudden um, no, Cassidy and, and Garcia was super good. I love, again, kind of like the Cody thing, you know, that, that a good wrestler caught another wrestler with a pin. Um, and they were kind of trading those back and forth there, um, at the end. And, and I like, I also like in that case, when they're trading those two counts back and forth, where all of a sudden one of them gets a three, because we've seen the spot a million times where it's one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And then we finally both stand up and do this and everybody cheers. Um, they didn't do that. He actually had one that got one, two, three, and the match is over. Um, so I like when that, you know, we've seen that occasionally before. Uh, the story they're telling of Orange Cassidy, I loved his comment at the end of uh, of the little promo right before the six-man match, because um, they've seen through that promo um, right after witches aren't, you know, witches are banned from ringside. And then you have uh, Orange just say, I'm so tired, because he's been defending this title basically every week. Um, and it might have been every week. I'd have to look back to know whether it's for sure every week, but almost if not. Um, and, and that seems to be the story, too. Like you said, the, the, the hand injury and then he's getting tired because he's just defending, 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 defending. And someone's going to catch him at some point here. And Garcia would have been a great one to do that with. And he may yet still be the one um, they could they could do that. You know, they could run it back because it wasn't a it was a definitive win, but it wasn't a you know, Garcia could say, hey, you got lucky. You caught me. Um, I want another shot. I, I would love to uh, double or nothing. Give me orange and, and Garcia again. That'd be fine. Cosign, cosign, one hundred percent. And with 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 wherever we're headed with Jericho, Adam Cole, or whatever becomes of that, um, th- I would love to see Daniel Garcia begin to re elevate and break out. He did. He had. There's been these there, again, and this is this is not a flaw of AEW, but it's definitely one of those things where there's a lot of ups and downs with certain wrestlers. We talked about it big time before with FTR, right? I think we're in a spot where we're seeing the Daniel Garcia thing, I think, where he's he's he was really up last year. The, 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 the Daniel Sin feud as a great example. And right. then now the downward slope that's been where we found ourselves. And now I hope this is the upward trajectory again. Go ahead. You were going to say something about, I think, Jericho and Cole. Um, and, and so did, do you get the backstage interviews and in the segments? Do those show on the Tron? Not everything. I remember. So I, that's the one thing I recalled from last year when I went back and watched Blood and Guts on DVR. There were things that some of the pre-tapes or some of the things that happened backstage weren't always seen to us. Like I think it was two or three segs. I don't, again, until I see today, I won't know what I didn't see perhaps. Did you see the Jericho? Was there a Jericho interview with Roddy? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. We did get that. Yeah. And 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 you you see where this is going too. It's false count anywhere because they're going to leave the building. Yes. And Adam Cole's going to be standing outside of the building. It's going to be great. I can't wait. 
Um, although Jericho appreciates society, maybe outside of the building too. And, um, which I did think was great with Roddy though, going, Hey, I got a lawyer too. <laughs> They're banned. Um, I, you know, Jericho reacted well to that. Um, and then I was curious too, did you see the two returns that happened backstage that went in to see Tony Khan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Miro got a huge pop. Thunder Rosa didn't get a big pop. It was really interesting. I was sitting by someone who said they saw Thunder Rosa walking about the concourse. And I was like, dang, why is she showing up as a fan? And then when she showed up on Dynamite, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then at one point during one of the breaks or in between Dynamite and Rampage, Justin Roberts you know, emphasized that Thunder Rosa was on the Spanish announce team for the night. And I was like, that's kind of like a fart in church. Like she got a pretty decent response when she was backstage, but then now you have her just on Spanish commentary. Which she has been doing for a little while and, and they haven't really played that up at all. Okay. Um, I, I wondered too though, and I knew she, again, I listened to a review of the show before I started watching it because I knew we were going to talk about it today and I didn't think I was going to get to see any of it. I ended up getting to see you know, a little over half of it so far. Um, I, I wonder if people didn't recognize her right away because she didn't have like her her face paint, you know, and all of that. Um, I, I just, there, it, and Renee said like, Thunder Rosa, what are you doing here? Um, so that helped, but I just, I thought that, but Miro is so recognizable. Um, and let's be honest, Miro is a bigger star than Thunder Rosa at this point. Um, you know, he's more well-known from his days as Rusev and all of that. So I was, I was excited to see Miro back. I am, that's a guy who I think they've been missing the boat to not have on the show. Um, everything I've heard is he's been healthy for quite a while and they were just waiting for the right time to, to bring him back. Um, and if we're going to be expanding the TV uh, reach, right. which we will yet still talk about uh, before, before we get there, the main event, I, Jim, I cannot wait for you to watch this main event. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Just Probably tomorrow, but yeah, just absolutely incredible. Um, just everything from from the intros to the pre-match stuff um and 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 i and i feel like i thought i knew where we were going i still don't know for sure where we're going because the wild cards in this for me are kenosuke takeshita mm-hmm. and hangman who did not appear on wednesday is that correct? he didn't, did not appear on wednesday There's, so so it was super super interesting so tony khan does a great job in my opinion of coming out and like just hey Audience, thanks for being here. Your support is important to us. We've got a great show. We've got tons of stars. I feel it's one of the strongest dynamite lineups we've had, you know, with some of the matches. And he was right. He was. He was. And, and 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 take that. And we did not get Jericho at all in person, which I was surprised because I would have thought with what Jericho said, he would have been out for commentary on Rampage. He wasn't. Um, so that was a little bit surprising. We had no Adam Cole. We had no Britt Baker. We had no Jamie Hader. Um, we had no Wardlow. Um, and I could name more, but those are the first four names that come to mind that have been promoted pretty regularly. And um, and we just didn't, we didn't get them at all, right? So or did Danielson and Yuta end up in front of the crowd? So Danielson uh, comes out with Mox. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, and then there's, there's pre, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's pre-match shenanigans involving the elite and, BCC before both men finally get in the cage. So I'll 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 let that be for now because I really want you. All I had seen because I've only seen so far was them standing in the back, which easily could have been taped the week before. And I I did hear that the Jericho strong thing was actually taped a week before, which Um, makes sense because Jericho's been on tour. So it's like, like, and and the the one thing I'm always CW is really smart about that. They do that a lot. Where if somebody's not going to be on the show the next week, they tape something beforehand, like. Duh, this is well, you know, and here's what I'm gonna do when I go back and see those today because I had wondered that, right? I'm gonna be really paying attention to Renee Paquette's outfit. Like, oh. is she right? Is she wearing the same thing or is she wearing something different? Or are they like you know, you talk about Will Washington and continuity, like continuity, even in even in your apparel, is that's, that's a good point. Yeah, let me know what you what you see on that because I didn't think about it. Uh, even though I'd heard that the Jericho thing had been taped the week before, I'm trying to think if it was Renee though, or it might have been Lexi. You know, it, might, it, it might have been I, again. I either way, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's very interesting. Which would be um, an easy way to, to to solve that if you just had Lexi do it and, and Lexi didn't do anything else that night, then it's, it's fine. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's Renee. That would be interesting to see if she wore the same thing. Um, hey, Renee, what are you going to wear next week? I need to change into that real quick. Um, did you bring it with? Right. Uh, yeah. Bring two. Bring two outfits. Uh, the, this week's and next week's. 
Um, but yeah, the main event was just, just, just fantastic. Um, I, I described it in our friends group, um, as, you know, you know, beautifully athletically violent or something to that effect. I probably, if I read it, it would actually be sound better than what I just said, but it really was that like, and you know, you have cage matches that, uh, that happen all the time. And it was really interesting because when I was leaving out of town yesterday, I was, I woke up in Detroit and worked for half the day there on the Detroit sports radio station that I listen to when I'm in that area one of the one of the they have a 10 to noon show and one of the people that's one of the hosts there had gone to AEW so it's always interesting and, he, and he's a wrestling fan but the wrestling's not a big staple on the show but when they have wrestling in town and he goes he'll speak to it so is it so interesting having having someone who is a fan but like when when you hear yes. stuff yeah, yeah they, there's some things where like you're you're you know enough, but you don't. So there's some things that you don't know. So having him describe his experience um, was interesting, but he made a really good example uh, or a really good analogy of the comparison of the cage match of being not your standard cage match. If you think of a pro wrestling cage match and the old trope is you're raking their face against the cage. We didn't have anybody's face get raked across the cage on, okay. on Wednesday night. We had all these other creative spots. So um, it, it, it was just really, really really well done um an incredibly just well built and well told story and i know you know already what happened but i'm trying not to get into it because i really just want the 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 organic feel for you as you watch it to 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 have it have have the meaning that, that it can have i know that i when the match played out there were spots that had me like with my jaw on the floor at the end i'm like i had my hands on my head like i can't believe what i'm seeing and like that's the emotional um feeling that you want professional wrestling to give you and so when you can be that invested and 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 feel that when you're in the arena or watching on tv um it's it's one of the most uh rewarding things as a fan so uh as i mentioned yeah i don't know where they're going with these two groups i they, there's got to be something at double or nothing but with the clock, the clock ticking on that um what will that be and how will we get there from from what happens on and what happened on wednesday night absolutely and the last thing here is we're kind of running up against our time is is there's big AEW news upcoming next week. Uh, Tony Khan mentioned it on Dynamite that there's a big announcement coming from TNT next week, and then they'll follow up on it on Dynamite uh, next week. Obviously, we've talked about it before. It's the announcement of AEW Collision, uh, which is set to be a two-hour, I believe, live prime time, which would add touring, uh, more touring to them. I think it's live. Um it's got to be. It's got to be. be. Right. It's, it's got to be. be. You can't do five hours of taping every week. I mean, that's just crazy. So a two-hour live um, Saturday night primetime show, which is interesting. Um, it's not going to be – there There was rumor it was going to be TBS at 6.05. It sounds like now it's going to be probably that uh, 6.05 uh, Eastern, I think it was, and 5.05 was what I used to watch WCW at. Um it's probably going to be that that seven to nine my time, eight to ten your time, you know, normal where Rampage, uh, I'm sorry, where Dynamite runs, uh, but on Saturdays, um, lots of talk that that's why you're seeing more talent come back. Miro Thunder Rosa, what Sean Ross Sapp has said is he he's heard it's not going to be like a hard brand split, you know, it's not going to be Raw SmackDown, um, but there's going to be a little bit of that. You're going to see. Like WCW tried to do with Thunder, you know, they tried to have certain people more focused on on Thunder and and others on Nitro. Um, so Miro, Thunder Rosa, you know, may see a lot of time on Collision. It seems like perhaps that's why they're coming in. Um, and and the big one is, and it may be announced next week, maybe at the upfronts as well, is the return of CM Punk coming back. Um, lots of rumors uh, he wanted to work. It sounded like he had a meeting with Jericho and they kind of buried some things. Maybe he'd work with Jericho. Obviously, there's a question. Will he work with the elite or not? Um, and, and then there's a rumor out there that he wants to face Samoa Joe the first time back in, which that would be really fun for those of us with long-term Ring of Honor fandom. Um, but, you know, I already said I can't find two hours to watch Ring of Honor. Now i got to find two hours to watch Collision? Like Rampage is probably going to Rampage, honestly, because it seems like it's going the way of 
even less important than it probably already is. Rampage is probably going to become the thing that, like, if I get to it, I get to it. And if I don't, I'm not going to worry about it unless there's something I hear about that's that's major. Because now you're, you're adding at least one more hour then. If I take the hour of Rampage I watched and, and move that to Collision, now I'm still trying to find another hour. Um, <sighs> I don't know what I'm going to do, Tom. <laughs> not enough time, not enough time in, 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 in life to, you know what I mean? Like, you just, yeah. How, how, how do you figure it out? The odds of me watching Collision live almost ever, <laughs> they're going to be really low. Because if we actually have a Saturday night free that I don't have a trivia or something, then we're trying to, you know, go out to dinner or do something, you know, for the two of us. Um, because we don't get that option all that often. Um, or, or if she's not working, all of those kinds of things. So, yeah, the odds of me watching Collision live are not... Maybe I'll try to watch the first one if we don't have anything going on that night, just so that I can I can do that. But yeah, not not great. Although I do watch pay per views when I you know live when I can. So, um, and therein lies the question too. What do, so what do they do when they have a Saturday pay per view now with Collision? I mean, they could just preempt it and say, hey, we got a pay per view. Um, there are a lot of rumors well, too, though. Well, that no, some they, of the they, they they run they run Sunday, they, but not they, always they during Sunday. the season. They run they run Saturday. Because they don't want to compete with the NFL, they have had some Saturday. Oh, players. that's yep, that's right, that's right. That's so right. Uh, I, I was thinking so we'll of see. like, yeah, um, maybe maybe it's a full transition to Sunday, regardless. It could, yeah, and it could be a um, lot a lot of rumors too that perhaps some or all of the uh, pay per views will move to Max, the new it used to be HBO Max. Uh, later this month, we'll rebrand to just Max. Um, a lot of rumblings that all in and all out will both be on that service. Um, or at least that's what Sean Ross Sapp has said he thinks would make a lot of sense. Um, and, and I don't know if he's heard that that's how ha- he hasn't, he hasn't reported that that's happening. He has not reported that. Um, that would be really great because I have H- I have HBO max. So, you know, it would, it would save me money. Um, I don't know that that would start as soon as double or nothing. They do keep saying the word pay-per-view for double or nothing. So I kind of feel like, probably going to be and it could be like peacock um or or with the wb network before peacock i guess i don't know now it was on the wb network but you could still order it on cable pay-per-view yeah, so you could either pay ten dollars a month and get it down the network or you could pay 50 bucks and, and order it on cable because that makes absolutely all the sense in the world I, yeah i was looking ahead um the local theater where they've run uh, the AW pay-per-views for now, I think the better part of a year plus, they they already have it on their schedule, that double or nothing. Will and that be... could still happen even if they're on max. So yep. Yeah, yep. So so I think it's going to be a really exciting week of, of information next week, uh, especially Wednesday uh, for AEW. And uh, like I said, I hope the pay-per-views go to max. It saves me money. Um, I'm, I'm AEW, and they've sold 60,000 tickets at Wembley. Over 60,000. So everybody who said, oh, it's going to be hard. They're not even going to draw 20,000. Well, shut up. They drew over 60. Yeah. And, and I love the people, and we've talked about this before. Well, a lot of those are scalpers by him. Guess what? Tony Khan doesn't care. He's got the money. They bought the tickets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cash in hand. So, And Will, <laughs> Will Ospreay has been announced for that show. Maybe not formally by AEW, but there's, there's reports out there that he's definitely um, going makes, to be. It makes tons of sense. Yeah. Tons. So. I know I'd we're not be shocked to see Nick Aldis work that show. Probably. Um, I know he's doing some stuff with impact, but AEW and impact have been friendly before. Um, and I don't know how long his deal with impact is anyways, but another English star that I think would make a lot of sense. And, and I hope Nigel has a role there. I know we talked to la- last time or a couple times ago about maybe Nigel, you know, he's talked about whether that might be a chance for him to come back in the ring. If he's healthy and wants to do it, I'd love to see it, but I just want Nigel there. Like, he could be the host of it or something, I guess. I kind of hate the host gimmick, but, um, you know, he could do something. He could be the matchmaker for All In or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And we're not going to be recording next week. We have a little bit of a break because of some um, outside uh, obligations on my part. We'll be back in two weeks. So it's going to be a loaded show because we've got three pickums. And this is crazy. We'll still have Night of Champions. We'll have Battleground. And we'll have Double or Nothing. So... Join us in two, by the two. way, I don't know if you've seen Tom. They they the start times that have been announced, Battleground and Double or Nothing are going head to head. 
I mean, I don't know why those in charge of WWE slash NXT would do that, but that's what they're doing. It looks like, and I can tell you right now, if if I am free that weekend, which I think I should be, I will be watching double or nothing on Sunday night. And I will try to catch battleground during the day on Monday since I'll be off for Memorial day. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why anyone else, unless you just are completely like Homer WWE and anti AW that you do anything other. If you're, if you're, if you're a wrestling fan, I don't know who has the yeah. disposable income. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why AEW would not be the first, the first choice. But yeah, I, I mean, it, like, I can't imagine what they'd have to put on Battleground for me to go. Oh no, I'm going to watch that instead of Double or Nothing on Sunday night. Like, I, I don't know what they'd put on a WWE premium live event, but definitely not an NXT premium live event. And I like NXT when I see it, but not anywhere like AEW to NXT is just you know not even close. Absolutely. Uh, well, it, we're up against our uh, stop time here. Jim's got to go to work. That's really what that means. Um, so uh, everybody, uh, it's been a blast again. We will not have a show next week uh, due to life, but join us back on the 26th uh, for what will be a rapid fire head-to-head show. Um, we'll have about an hour and 15 minutes-ish or so to get through three shows. So uh, there may be some matches that don't need a lot of conversation. I assume there probably will. And and we'll probably just hit those real fast, pick them, and move on. Um, but Tom still has that one match lead uh, as we go into the three of the final four shows uh, for this segment of Head to Head. We've got three shows in two weeks, and then Forbidden Door right at the end of June. So um, I, I got to close the gap here or or get buried, depending on how these picks go in two weeks. So um, everybody, I'm bringing, I'm bringing my shovel in two weeks. That's that's what I figure. Uh, Everybody be safe, and uh, we'll see you back here in two weeks on the 26th uh, for more Two Spot Monkeys Live.